Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. I would say it's Saturday night, but it's actually Saturday evening. This is a very special live stream. Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. There's Steve. Back well, from the back dead. Dead. He lives. <laughs> oh, I'm Kind of living. It's, I'm there. It's it's liminal at best. And as always, the stalwart Madame Odysseus. That would be me. That uh, that would be you. But that's people, my copyright. That's your copyright. <laughs> and joining us today. And the chaos begins. Joining us today, we yes. have uh, Scott Jones. Hello. Of uh, When the Stars Are Right, Toward an Authentic Relay in Spirituality, editor of Resonator, and the forthcoming Cthulhu Sattva. Mm. Yeah, so we're going yes. to be talking all kinds of meaty stuff today. And many other functions. Oh, he can do all kinds of things. Radio host. Spoken word at some point, yes, yes, all back in the day. But thank you for bringing up those. Dad, you're nice enough to give you a hell of a massage. <laughs> there is that too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Renaissance fellow. I hesitate yeah. to say, it, but there it is. There it is. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Yeah, you know, there's not many people who are Renaissance people anymore. I really yeah. just fell into it. <laughs> Couldn't pick one thing. <laughs> There you go. All right, so the first thing, I mean, the big exciting project is Cthulhu Sapa is is the the countdown is ticking. Yes, um, it's, uh, it's coming coming down to the coming down to the short and curlies on that one. That's for sure. Yeah. What's uh, what's your planned release date? Uh, the release date is uh, Monday, uh, May twenty third. Uh, obviously, this year. So uh, just a little over no, just a little under two months from now. Uh, yeah, pre-orders are going to start uh, this coming Monday, if I can get my act together over the, over the next couple of days, uh, which I will. I, I, I tend to do that. I tend to sort of push it and give myself deadlines and freak out. And it's not a great way to work, but there it is. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming together. Uh, all the, uh, most of the, well, I should say, maybe about 80% uh, of the stories have been returned from their editing processes from the... Uh, from, from the authors, and uh, now it's just a case of uh, you know making the sausage. <laughs> no one wants to know how it gets made, but it's got to it's got to get done. So uh, yeah, yeah. building sausage, building mm, sausage. Mm, sausage. Everybody says mm, sausage until they see yeah. it. <laughs> until they see it get made. So yeah, uh, hopefully that's that'll be the reaction. It'll be like, hey, check out this tasty book sausage. Well, the last sausage was really good. So, thank you. Yeah, we had uh, we had fun uh, we had fun making that one. Rodney had a story in that one. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, it was so good. It was good. So, so my my opinion my opinion is biased. Is biased. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... What what is I the? I didn't quite make it into this one, but. Uh... So what what's the premise of the new one? Just so people. Well, in uh, in 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 2014, of course, I, I wrote. Uh, when the Stars Are Right, 
towards an authentic related spirituality, which was a nonfiction, uh, you know, tongue sort of half in cheek and half not uh, examination of Lovecraft's uh, Cthulhu mythos through a sort of, uh, uh, I hesitate to say self help, but a lot of people labeled it as such, uh, basically a, a, a spiritual lens. Right. You know, there's so much. There's so much weird spirituality going on in Lovecraft. You know, despite Lovecraft, it's there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I wrote that book and it did what it did, and people seemed to like it. And but it got me thinking about, uh, you know, it got me thinking about your standard Lovecraftian sort of uh, trope choked uh, narrative, in which you know, unless you're unless you're reading a you know, unless you're reading a Chaosium manual, most uh, Lovecraftian uh, narrators, uh, protagonists, tend to be sort of uh, you know, they're, they're milk toasts, uh, <laughs> or or they always have once, or they're very specifically a, a kind of uh, first world white male uh, educated, very overeducated, yeah, overeducated. Uh, and very sort of locked into their worldview, so that when you know, much like Lovecraft, when they did come up against you know el elements of the mythos, which interestingly are elements of how the universe actually is, right? So they come against this this truth, right, which gives the lie to everything that they they believed and and, uh, and, and thought rational up to that point, uh, and then their reaction to it. You know, perhaps justifiably, or you know, but maybe not. Right? Was uh, either death, right? You know, either suiciding or or otherwise just not doing well, or madness, death or madness. These are the options. Mm -hmm. Well, there's drug use, uh, heavy drugs. And there's drug use as well. Exactly. You know, avoidance techniques, avoidance techniques, and so you know, when I wrote "When the Stars Are Right," it was the, it was this idea of sort of you know moving, thinking about human spirituality and, you know, how we approach this aspect of, of our existence uh, and, you know, mapping it onto sort of a transhumanist uh, viewpoint. So what I wanted to see was, you know, and then suddenly I, I just basically got an appetite. I'm like, there, there must be, I started looking for them specifically, the stories that basically dealt with uh, the interest in cultists, not the, you know, not the hood-wearing, chanting kind of We've lo we've lost most of our minds, and we're just kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I should make a point, I, you know, bring me back to the do that thing later, right? So I'll remember because there's a story that that I bought for uh, there's a novella that I bought for uh, the Cthulhu Sapphire <laughs> anthology that just perfectly it's it's a wonderful wonderful piece. I'll just talk about it now. It's Ruth it's uh, Ruthanna Emerson's uh, The Litany of Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, which appeared on Tor.com. It's appeared in a couple of other places, but yeah, that's that's a that's that's a modern classic. Amazing, amazing, and it will be appearing in print. Is that your, your that's your Sorry? centerpiece? That's your yeah, centerpiece. It's, it's it's definitely it's definitely the temple. I have no problem saying that. It's uh, it's just such a wonderful examination of what it would be to be basically privy to this kind of knowledge, and still sort of come out on the other side. Uh, Normal, you know, or at least you know, able to appreciate the, you know, in, the intricacies and beauty and terror of the universe, and you know, uh, get to a, get to a, get to a good place with it. 
Right. Yeah. Somehow be a better person than everybody else who's basically you know running around like their heads have been cut off, doing violence and what have you. Yeah, it's a wonderful piece. It's uh, if you haven't read it, I mean, I encourage you to uh, you know wait until it comes out in my book. Anthology <laughs> 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 we're putting out. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's it's something to be sought out for sure. So Ruthanna was very very kind. I basically contacted her and I said, "Your story is the perfect exempl exemplary." You know, uh, uh, example of the theme of this book, and I would, I would love to, uh, love to uh, buy the reprint rights from you. And she was really into it. So, it's in there. <laughs> along with along with many other uh, many other uh, authors who hit you know basically hit the theme very well. I didn't I didn't want like I said I didn't want tales of the, the hood wearing cultists you know going up against the Armitages and. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, and uh, Randolph Carter's of the world because we've seen that plenty. Yeah, and, and there's a enough. yeah, there's a certain like negative connotation to the cultist. Yeah, in that, in that respect, you know, and we could go we could go into all sorts of different things because cultists are from certain places and look a certain way. Well, yeah. the cultists are the orcs of the uh, of the Lovecraftian universe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Standard, uh, you know, standard, uh, standard antagonists. You yep. know, people always do. Th that's the other thing that uh, you know informed this book. We tend to uh, we tend to avoid pain, and uh, you know, we as as humans we tend to avoid pain. We tend to avoid things that debilitate us. Mm -hmm. uh, so why would anyone choose this? Where are the benefits? Are there benefits? Are there benefits that we're not seeing? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to see that end of it. Yeah, explore it from the cultist point of view. From the cultist point of view, you know, let's get let's get down to the, to to your reasons. You know, why why are you doing this? You know, it's basically well, Lovecraft brought a lot of his own biases to you know to to his story, which I think is why his stuff still works today. Is that you can really feel you can really feel the guy in there. You know, his his fear and his paranoia was profound. You know, even in even in his later stages when he was writing, you know, basically sci-fi that had a, a, hot, a really powerful element of awe and wonder in it. You know, you read the you know you know you read the Shadow of Time or the Mountains of Mountains of Madness, and it's almost as if he gets to the part where it's really going to it's really going to basically you know. Clear that hurdle and go into just mind-blowing wonder, mm. and then he retracts and says, "But I gotta do the horror thing. <laughs> you know, I gotta do the weird fiction thing. I gotta have a boo in there." <laughs> I'm right? stuck. What do I do? Yeah, I'm stuck. The yeah, well, in the shutouts, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's all just such fascinating stuff. But you know, he was uh, had to throw a white sheet over it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm heading toward the precipice. What do I do? I know <laughs> five hundred words to describe the indescribable. <laughs> so yeah, describe that tower over there. Okay, I can do. Yeah. That. Yes. Let's let's uh, let's focus on the architecture. <laughs> Stairs. Focus on the architecture. Now, so, yeah, now, that's the book. You you bring up you bring up Lovecraft and and. Uh, I remember that the title of the subtitle of the book 
was originally going to be Lovecraftian Tales of the Black Noses, and and you ended up dropping the Lovecraftian. Well, for the, it's... For the much more punchy Tales of the Black Noses. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, basically, with that, we already had Cthulhu in the title. You know, it's Cthulhu Sattva, Tales of the Black Noses. Uh, and it's interesting to watch. I, I've been, you know, I've basically been a Lovecraftian fanish type boy for coming on, you know, gosh, when was the first time I read him? 92, 91? So ages ago. Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting to watch the, the cultural shift. You know, I took a long break in the early aughts. And to come back and basically see it all just blowing up out of proportion and entering into the the greater you know popular cultural consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, so to watch that, I was like, I don't need to have Lovecraft's name in the title because I've got Cthulhu, and they're syn almost synonymous, right? That's true. Uh, so you know, a yes, I was going for punchier. B you know, from a strictly sort of, uh, huh, what would you call it, uh, you know, just marketing perspective. <laughs> you know, from a marketing perspective, I don't think it was really necessary to have it in there mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, if people are searching for Lovecraft, they're going to search, you know, that's, that's going to come up anyways, you know, when you're tagging it with keywords and what have you, when you're actually building the files for the various distributors and what have you. Right. They always like to know what you're selling them you know, what, what they're going to be selling. So, you know, I can include those in the taglines. It doesn't have to be in the title. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and there's also the... There's been the general feeling over the last five years, and especially over the last, you know, two, and definitely last year at Necronomicon, <laughs> right, where it's there's been, a, there's been a push, and I think it's a valid push, uh, to see, you know, basically move weird fiction beyond, you know, old Grandpa Theobald and, you know, move it, move it, move it into the 21st century and start, uh, you know, start seeing, you know, he, you know, we have to give Howard his due. You know, he pointed the way. Uh, but, you know, it's, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's a drive to move, to move forward, you know, mm -hmm. to see where else it's going to go. Like you know, baby birds leaving the nest, so to speak. Yeah, we gotta, we yeah, we gotta leave mm -hmm. the nest for sure. Um, it's just, it's it's, it's, warm in here. It, it's implied. Sorry, it's warm in the nest. It's warm it's, in here. It's warm in the nest. That's true. It's that's cold true. out there. It's scary. And, and, and in fact, in fact, that that idea just kind of sums up sums up the theme of Cthulhu Sapa itself. Yeah. Instead, you know, you know, that that warm and and safe environment and you know that the revelation of, of the black gnosis itself is like jumping out of the nest and yeah well mm -hmm. you know the net the nest is a is is a great uh, you know a great analogy but I just I always go back to HBL I always go back to the Call of Cthulhu and that first that first paragraph you know mm -hmm. that someday we will correlate all the contents of our knowledge and. You know, we will, will, well, again, there's Lovecraft going for the boo again. You know, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to be, uh, you know, he's trying to warn, but basically he's saying, you know, we'll, uh, we'll flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of the new dark age. Well, I don't want to go back to the dark age. Here's the thing about the deadly light, right? 
Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's still light. You know, every Lovecraftian protagonist learns something, something horrible, right? right. But it's also true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, within the context within the context of the of the story, he has mm -hmm. learned a true. You know, he or she has learned a true thing. Right, about, right. The about the nature of reality, and it's blasted their minds, and they're not not able to function. And we like, we well, could probably say we could probably say that the truth is actually what's deadly about it. It's oh, murdering yeah. those false assumptions. Absolutely, it's devastating. Here's to devastation. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think or that's even going on with the nest analogy. You leave the nest only to find out that the universe is big and cold and uncaring, and it doesn't give a crap about you. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like it's like it's like doing that, and then you know how does how does one continue as a human? Uh, does one necessarily need to continue as a human? I think it's just an interesting way to to model what we're what we're what we're becoming. Mm -hmm. You know what we're what we as a species as you know sentient you know unfortunately sentient creatures. You know what's the next option? Because I don't know that we're doing a fantastic job uh, hanging on to these outmoded structures of belief and and even rationality to a certain uh, to a certain degree. Uh, so yeah, in my own small way, uh, with with uh, when the stars are right, and also with this anthology, I'm trying to you know uh, put together a map. You know, just a partial. You know, these are just the little probes. Little probes into a possible future of what it would be to be human in in a world where you know in an essentially nihilistic, meaningless universe, which it is. <laughs> Spoilers. You know, which it is exactly. Spoilers. It's a you know it's a meaningless existence. So what are you going to do about that? You know. <laughs> keep it real, yeah. Yeah, keep Shoot it real, yeah. exactly. <laughs> keep it real, yeah. Well, you know. That's you know that's certainly that's certainly an option, but it sort of reduces all your other options. Yeah, it reduces all your other options. It's like I don't think that I don't think that Lovecraft's oh we will correlate the contents of our knowledge, you know, is necessarily a bad thing. I say correlate, get on that, you know, get on that. And you know, we're even if we're not doing it consciously, the culture and you know what we are as a species is doing it. Mm -hmm. But you know, faster and faster and faster. It's all coming together. So yeah, we should prep. <laughs> look, at, look at the look at the monster that's the internet. Yeah. Oh man, yes. And look where it was just a few years ago as compared to today. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 almost the sum total of human experience. All negative. Getting there. <laughs> Well, there's this wonderful show, guys. I mean, I don't think you can say. Yeah, anything. I mean, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of there's, yes, there's cat videos and uh, sure. corgi right. pictures and corgi. But you know, you say you say you say some total, right? You say some total, yeah. and you're right. You know, it's just it depends. It depends again on on, on what you're focusing on. So, yeah, I try to give myself little social media breaks that last all of three days. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than me. <laughs> well, yeah, as, as, I re as I recall, three days is all it takes. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> three days three is all, days it takes. all it takes for what? For the incubation period? Or? No, it's just, just the, uh, the the symbolism of three days. Oh, <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Social yes, media kills you. It. You 
yeah, take a break for three days, and then you're back. And, and then you rise back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back from Nanda Parbat. Yeah. Tis the season. <laughs> Which is apparently in Canada. Yeah. How close so are you? Race to Batman Nanda Parbat is Nanda Parbat is well, no, the, the one in, in the one in Arrow. Yeah, which uh, you're in uh, Vancouver, right? Uh, Victoria, even Victoria. further west. Yeah, uh, we're out on the we're right on the western edge. So he's he's in that he's in that Star City vicinity, and that could be where it is. Just it's just that in Arrow, they spend they're like, oh, we have to go to Nanda Parbat, and no time passes, and they're there. So we figure out <laughs> oh, it's in Canada. <laughs> exactly. Probably up near Banff. Yeah. yeah. Banff. Banff. <laughs> yeah. That's what it would be. Like a little tourist town that sounds exactly like the sounds exactly like the uh, the teleportation effect that Nightcrawler has in the, in the Marvel comics. Right. Banff. 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 <laughs> and the uh, the tiny the tiny versions of Nightcrawler in the miniseries back in the day, the Banffs. I'm sorry, I don't recall that. Oh, there's a great little four-issue miniseries where he gets transported to this fantasy parody of the X-Men universe, and there's all kinds of little creatures running around called Bamfs, and they're all oh. miniature <laughs> nightcrawlers. Yeah, he that comics, comics don't get out of control. Oh, that was that was that was one of my favorite series. <laughs> Just because out of control. Just because it was it was out of control and ludicrous and Nightcrawlers having all these weird crazy adventures and then they flash back to Kitty Pry going, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> and then she calls Professor Xavier a jerk. He is a little. Well, yeah, he is. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of superheroes are jerks. You, you know, you couldn't get away with some of the stuff these guys do. Speaking of jerky superheroes, <laughs> I was, I was wondering. This feels like a lead-up. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Wait. Well, yeah. So, so Segway you are. Away. Yeah, awkward segues is what I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now you're you're actually the only one in the room here who has seen Batman versus Superman. I did. Um, yeah. And and to to be perfectly honest, uh, was the first first friend of mine who who was given a positive review of that movie. I wouldn't want to qualify it so much to say it was positive. <laughs> I mean, Dude, the truth comes like, out. Your 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 brief synopsis of <laughs> your synopsis. feelings of the movie were positive I, in comparison to in comparison I, to a lot of the vitriol that was yeah coming out about it for sure. When, when somebody comes to see me at work two o'clock in the morning after seeing it, and the first words out of their mouth were that movie sucked. Oh, you no. know, you gave a glowing <laughs> review. <laughs> I, I don't I, I I think it's really a case of expect people going in with expectations and then having those expectations dashed Same. and I think in terms of like art it's like you can't I don't know that uh, and I don't know that it is art but it is an entertainment product and 
is there an obligation to the consumer of the product to present it the way the consumer believes they want it? You know, I don't know. But my experience going in was that it was like, I immediately, well, within the first 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, this isn't a comic book movie. It's mm. not. It has comic book characters. That's kind of a shame. You know, we've, we, yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, here we have, and it's interesting that they have basically the the DC Trinity appearing in this first one, you know, with all the with all the with all that that implies Trinity, you know, these are the these are the movements of gods, you know, right. these are the actions these are the actions of gods, and everything about the sh uh, everything about the movie is, this is not you know this is not a four color process this is this is a film that is basically apparently it was a no color process what's that <laughs> It's a no a no it is dark, yes, it's dark. Uh, but you know the music, the dialogue, the uh, you know just everything is uh, overblown and you know, grayed out. But it just you know it felt like opera to me. Mm -hmm. It was opera. It was it was it wasn't a it wasn't a fun movie, but it was grand. It was grand. It had it had grandeur. It had like gravitas, and, and it wasn't just it wasn't just. I've heard people say, "Oh, all the scowliness doesn't you know make up for you know everybody's scowling." I'm like, yeah, but I think there was some you know some some genuine. It's it's a grave film. It's grave. <laughs> so I enjoyed it on on that level. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't leave feeling. Uh, I didn't leave the theater feeling. Uh, uh, Enlightened or even happy, <laughs> right? Right. You know, I didn't leave going, "Woo, Superman, Batman!" You know, I was kind of like, mm, "Yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was a thing that not a lot of people were wanting, not a lot mm. of people expected. A lot of uh, it made a lot of money for. It made a lot. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely made a lot of money, yeah, and, the, and the folks who made it are happy. <laughs> oh yeah, the folks that made it are happy, and, and and truthfully, you know, it made a lot of money. So that means that everything will continue. Yeah, and, you know, it's not like it's not like Fantastic Four, where oh, the yeah, critical response was exactly the same. Yeah, and that movie was gone within three it was, weeks. It was genuinely bad. Oh, you saw that one as well. I well, I, I saw that one later. I did. I, I read all the you know I read all the reviews for. I'm like, how bad can it be? How bad? Mm -hmm. can I, that's well. Who is the director of that? Josh. Uh, Trank? Josh Trank. Yeah. Josh Trank. He will. Like, I hope he never works again. It's a horrible thing to say, but. Well, I mean, he <laughs> came out to defend the movie before it came out. Yeah, that's uh, never a good sign. Yeah. And Not fantastic. <laughs> that, that may have colored people's opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but, I think you're right there. The um, you know Josh Trank, you know, having to. Before the early reviews even came out, he was already on the defensive. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that kind of bothered me, uh, you know, in the lead up to Batman vs Superman, is that a couple of weeks after, you know, the Fantastic Four flopped, Snyder had to come on and say something about Batman vs Superman. Oh. And I'm like, uh oh, hedging his bets. Yeah, kind of uh -huh. hedging his bets and and getting that 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 train running. But so, I mean, the, you know, the hype. For, oh yeah, for three years of hype. <laughs> had I think you had said it before in private. 
it was a it's a movie that's too big to fail. And yeah. so that's how they made it. Yeah, this so, is the I mean, they got they got public opinion frenzied to the point where you're going in there, you're going to like this movie because it's got Superman, because it's got Batman, mm-hmm. and we haven't had that, and it needs to do well. And I understand defending a, a crappy movie because that's all you have. I, I was a big fan of Stallone's Judge Dredd for a while, totally in denial because that's all there was. <laughs> I will defend Billy Zane's The Phantom until with my dying breath. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Until a, an actual good product comes along, that's what you have. And that, oh, yeah. that's all there is. Uh, you know, don't don't get me started on uh, Alec Baldwin's Shadow movie. Right, but, but then you know. something like something like Dread comes out, which was actually a good movie mm-hmm. that had maybe not a storyline that you've read before in comics, but had the spirit of yeah. that comic. Yeah, and and it changes everything. And I don't Absolutely. think I now I haven't seen Batman vs Superman. I probably will not. But from everything I've read, it just doesn't have that spirit. <laughs> Trust me, I won't. <laughs> hey, hey, so you, suffered, you suffered through the Nolan trilogy, so we could talk about it for an hour and a half. So <laughs> I'm sure at some point you will see this film. Here's the thing about the Dark World. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the the spirit of these of these of these of these characters, though. It's highly malleable. You know, I, I was talking with someone the other day and, and about this very thing. I was like, well, this isn't the Superman we're used to in him. And, and they basically came back with, which one? You know, the early, you know, basically Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster Superman, who was a, uh, you know. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, you know, who was basically, uh, you know, above the law and often had no problem with, uh, you know, the original Superman. You know, they've had that sort of element to it where it was coming out of the Great Depression and there was... You know, they're, it, that 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 Superman eventually disappeared. You know, so, mm-hmm. and same thing with Batman. They, you know, the, these things are all on a continuum. And right. it's, it's as you say, Rodney. It's like these stories have enough. You know, they have enough uh, his, history in our culture that they're going to keep being told. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep being told. So it's like, so yeah, this is this is where this particular director and this particular you know cultural zeitgeist is. Has has, has has put these characters, but these characters will out. Grant Morrison says this all the time. He says, "I love working with these characters. They're going to outlive me mm-hmm. by possibly hundreds of years." I don't know. Maybe after this movie, they won't. Ah, uh, but that's been, said, <laughs> that's been said before, right? That's been yeah. said before. We have yeah, that's, this, that's been said before. We we've, we've reached peak comic book movie. Yeah, you know, right. It, no, it'll come. It'll go. Never yeah. gonna go away, though. It's it's like it's like the westerns in the fifties and sixties. It's like the old gangster films in the thirties yeah. and forties. Oh yeah, action heroes from the eighties. Yeah, it's it's all of that. I mean, it's pretty much the same type of storytelling over and over and over. This just set in different periods. Right. Comic books just happen to do all of it in general because you have. You know, cowboy heroes, you have your Jonah Hexes and Red Wolf and all this other stuff. And then you have, you know, your P.I. books. And then you have superheroes. You know, and yeah, you have all... 
horror. I mean, comic books do everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it, and all that, this shades between. Mm-hmm. Every every possible permutation of of a of an archetype has been done in a comic yeah. at some point. That's true. And uh, and movies, the film industry's job is to take everything good and throw it out the window. <laughs> So that they can sell a product to the most amount of people. I mean, it's lo- it's a lowest common denominator industry. Could, okay. you, could you could you look at it as a refining process somehow? That by showing us all the crap in it, by removing all the good stuff, leave the good stuff for the people who truly appreciate it, and just puts out the the, the, the dross. You know, for for everyone else. Well, then, then everyone. Like, wow, if that if that craps up on the screen, the original must be amazing. <laughs> so we, we can we can be the the comic book hipsters. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought that's what we signed on for. <laughs> that that's what we are. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, we're being left behind by by the uh, popular culture. That's well, true. You're thinking, you're thinking time is linear, though. That's true. It is a flat circle. Right. It's half a rectangle. <laughs> Interestingly enough, that the same phenomenon is happening in the weird fiction community. Oh, is it ever? We have talked about. I mean, it's the same thing, where it's become bigger than it's capable of sustaining itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you see that a lot in the. Uh, see what I did there? Yeah. Flat circle. <laughs> That's that's yeah. why he's that's why I'm second fiddle. He's first fiddle. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely happening happening in in, in weird fiction, uh, for sure. I agree. It's uh, but at the same time, it's like it wouldn't be happening if there wasn't something in there that was that was of value. You know, you can go no, on. You know, you can go on to go ahead. I was gonna say, and if if. It's true, and if Marx has anything, any validity to it, what will come out of it will be something bigger and hopefully better. Yeah. The well, dialectic um, evolution of pop culture. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think we're seeing that because look at, uh, you know, one of the weirdest series recently was Jeff Vandermeer's uh, Southern Reach. That is a, just a, the weirdest book, weirdest couple of books there. And that's been that's, that's becoming a movie, isn't it? It's huge, you know. It's huge. It's like here's a you know it, it, it weird fiction has expanded. It has gotten bigger. Uh, more people are being attracted to it. I think possibly because it speaks to it speaks to uh, as I was saying earlier, it speaks to what we're becoming. You know, we're it's we're we're able to model our insecurities and our fears and our you know as as we move forward into you know, an extremely uncertain future. You know, the more the more we the more we truly examine it, it's like Yeesh, things are getting weird out in, out there. Things are getting weird in here. Uh, so we want to we want we want our creators, you know, the folks who are you know pushing ahead and moving into that future, you know, to to send back you know send back some data on what you know what what it's going to be. And that's always that's always what sci-fi and, and horror and weird fiction has done. Mm-hmm. You know, has been examining these things and you know sending out little probes and coming back with uh, you know coming back with some ideas about how how to approach it. So Which, yeah. you know, go go ahead. Finish no, it. no, go ahead. No, it's you. Uh, it's, it's uh, 
it's like a new generation of psychonauts. Yeah. Going out and exploring the dark corners of the mind and then coming yeah. back. Yeah. And reporting on it. Yeah. And some of it's going to be the same territory where we're like, yeah, we've heard that story before. Mm -hmm. Nice twist. Same one. And some of it's going to be fresh. You know, some of it's going to be from, you know, the crinkly, fractal edges of the uh, felt experience. Right. You know, which I'm all for. You know, we need to see more fiction like that. And some was, of it's just going to be stick a Cthulhu on it. <laughs> exactly. Just Stick add tentacles. Yeah, just add tentacles. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's what's. Uh, you know, if I could, out there. If I could bring it back to the anthology, what what I found with uh, we had over four hundred submissions, mm -hmm. and there was precious little of that. I'm happy to report. Oh, that's you know, good. Even with the stuff I had to drop, you know, for one reason or another. Uh, you know, interestingly, Cthulhu actually does not make an appearance. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but in Cthulhu Safa, there's not one story that deals directly with the big C. <laughs> That's interesting. But it hits, you know, it, it hits the it hits the themes, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's it, it's interesting because you know we were talking about things evolving and whatnot, and and the big C Bernard has has pretty much evolved into in, into more more or less a kaiju. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I approached that. I approached that in the book. I've got a long in in the, in the original book in the in the stars of right. I've got a long chapter on, on Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. You know, just the idea of like conflating this you know essence of essence of madness, you know, with uh, you know basically a stomp chomp stomp and chomp uh, monster from from the depths. Yeah. yeah, he's in the depths, but it's uh, you know it's also the depths of the subconscious. It's also the you know the the dark sink of the universe from which from which he arises. You know? uh, so obviously we you know, we'd like to attach kaiju uh, <laughs> you know qualities to him, but that's mm -hmm. that that's not everything that particularly great old one is. That's the high, the high priest defeated. of the great old. The high priest. He does get defeated like a kaiju though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I speak to that as well. <laughs> Zack Snyder presents <laughs> Superman versus Cthulhu. They, um, you know what's going to happen eventually? Exactly. Justice, Justice League Unlimited, I think, had a. They went there, didn't they? They did, yeah. but it was like it was a it was a uh, tribute to the Defenders. Oh. Mm -hmm. Superman it was... wasn't involved. Right, but Hawkgirl came out as an atheist. Right, because, well, because her her people worship Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, he was like he was like the top the top guy on Thanagar for a while, then they dropped him. <laughs> Which is wonderful, you know. That's uh, you know that that was a fantastic little twist in the story. That he, you know, the entire culture could just say, you know what, enough of that. Yep. We're done. <laughs> You could maybe do with a little more. You know what? Enough of that. Enough of that. It's like yeah, I get that question. Metal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, that's, so for all of you, call Cthulhu fans. The next time you run into Cthulhu, <laughs> get out your anth metal mace. That's right. <laughs> and Lost your yellow tracksuit. <laughs> you know and. You bring you bring that up, and it just makes me you know the mental image in my head is 
there there were Thanagarians sitting around a table somewhere going, you know, this is our God. Look at him. Our entire civilization is modeled on the aesthetics of birds. What are we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Whose <laughs> idea was this? Well, he's got me. Well, it's interesting that you should say that, uh, Rodney. Who's I? I've been I've been th I've been thinking about this. My uh, my we said we sent my youngest to a daycare, which is uh, which is uh, on the second floor of the Jewish Community Center, and it's 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 basically a Jewish daycare. And uh, oh man, my Mac, This computer will sleep soon unless plugged into a unit. Do you guys have two seconds while I plug it in? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Thanks, Chief. <laughs> he does look like the chief sitting there in that room with the the blinds and the big green. Right. Turner! <laughs> You're all this cannon, Turner! Hand in your badge, Turner! <laughs> <laughs> that is a nice chair, though. I like that chair. That is. It the crap out of my chair. Here, look this at this. Is what this is what I'm working with. We're going to put it on the screen there. That's... Ladies and gentlemen, that's Scott Jones' chair right there. That's I like that chair. That is a comfy uh, chair. That does look comfy. And it's got a ficus. A ficus? Comfy chair and a ficus. Everybody needs one. I don't have a ficus. I'm going to see whose idea I'd probably was. kill it. Yeah. I kill all plants that come into my home. Alright, let's see. Ah, there we go. Chief is Just back. for everybody, the episode is called The Terror Beyond. Naturally. There we go, Max. Dwayne McDuff. There you go, the legend. Who wrote that one? Dwayne McDuff. Dwayne McDuffie wrote the yes. Terror Beyond episode of Justice League Unlimited. Was it Justice Actually, League or Justice League Dwayne, Unlimited? Um, it was regular Justice League. Regular old Justice League. Season um, yeah, Dwayne classic. McDuffie wrote a lot of those, actually. Mm. He's the creator. I think he created Icon. Mm -hmm. Icon and Rocket. Yeah. So, now, there you go. That, that explains why that show is so damn good, though. That that's true. That was probably the biggest hit to quality comics writing was when uh, Dwayne McDuffie passed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now now we've gotten all. You see, you we were talking amongst all ourselves. All <laughs> somber, messy and. <laughs> All right, now Scott's back on the screen. Hi. So, how about that ficus? Sorry, ficus. How about the ficus? Oh, this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> ficus. <laughs> We're in my living room, gentlemen. <laughs> you, you, you missed everything. <laughs> no, no living room is complete without a ficus. Uh, apparently, yeah. Or it's a black dog. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, um, my my wife's the green thumb. She keeps everything nice here, including me. I'd be much worse without it. <laughs> agreed. Amen. <laughs> what do you mean agreed? I'd be dead. I I think without well, Ooh. with the exception of Kim, Kim would probably be the same. But without our respective wives, this show would be a lot different. I'm sure. Just just say Wonder Woman's boobs. (laughs) I like to think that works. (laughs) Above that, with or without, our better halves. And and their sharp implements. (laughs) And the pots, the pans. And Ryan can throw a shirt better than I can. All right. Um, so, so what's next, Scott? Uh, what's next after the anthology, or just in general for the just year? In, in general, for for Scott Jones, for MMP, for um, I well, Marsh and Migraine Press would like to you know continue basically doing our little boutique operation and putting out. You know, I. I recognize where we're at. You know, I look a lot, look at a lot of the presses I'm, I'm working, a lot of the presses I'm working with, and the folks I admire, and you know, basically have been, you know, men- mentoring me through this process. And you know, they do so much. I would like to do more. Uh, this year has been a weird one in terms of just adjusting to new work schedules and you know, lower energy levels and what have you. So, I, I, it's something that. Bothers me a lot is that I want to I want to do right I want to do right by the by the people I work with and the people I promote and you know and that includes you know the, the authors and the artists and you know just make it all in all a positive experience. I'm told it has been a positive experience. I know it can you know I'm, I'm guilt-ridden Canadian, so of course you know it's never as positive as it could be. Uh, I'd like to put out more stuff. Uh, you know the the one themed anthology a year is a you know, it's a it's a nice treat, but uh, you know, I'd like to I'd like to boost that a little and start seeing, you know, maybe you know push it to four. That would be amazing. I think that, but that would probably be to the limit of my limit of my powers. I don't know. Uh, Have you ever thought of going the Kickstarter route? You know, I I took an early stance uh, against <laughs> Kickstarter. Uh, and I put it all down to basically, you know, uh, how Mama raised me, um, which was, you know, if you can't do it on your own, don't ask other people to do it for you. And I'm slowly coming around to the to the model that the Kickstarter model, which is if other people want you to do it for them, <laughs> you know, and would and would put forward, you know, uh, you know. Uh, that that wish that you do it and put then you put money behind it put their money where their, their mouths is mouths are in order to, to see that come to fruition then that's an honor that's an honor that's 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 so I, I'm in currently in the you know difficult state of wrestling my you know wrestling my thoughts about Kickstarter into 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 places more positive towards Kickstarter you know I see a lot of good things coming out of it. I guess there's a lot of crap too. <laughs> there are you the know. ham sandwiches. Yeah, they're all yeah with 
with the added tentacles coming out the side, where I'm just like, no, <laughs> again. Well, I think it was Lehman Kessler who was like, man, if he was thinking of basically mapping out all the successful Kickstarters that have Cthulhu in it, mm-hmm. which is alternately exciting and just completely depressing. <laughs> I, I don't know there's a disproportionate amount in general, or it's just that because we all have the same friends on Facebook, yeah, and we see it over and over, exactly. That we just see there's a billion of them. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's not as huge as we think. <laughs> but anyways, that's uh, you know, it's a valid question you asked, Steve. You know, what, what what would I do with the Kickstarter? No, no, we'll 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 look into it. We'll look into it more. But really, it's just me getting over my hangups. Yeah. My Canadian hangups, my work ethic hangups. <laughs> now, now be careful though, because I mean, if you push your schedule up to four, it yeah. might kill you. Go start with yeah. two. I know. I'm just you know, thinking. You, you asked me what's coming, right? And I'm thinking, well, right. ideally, you know, in the far future, when it's like, I right. can see right. that you know, absolutely something that would happen. You know, I, I look at I look at Ross, I look at Ross Lockhart. You know, mm-hmm. who's putting out a dozen books a year now. You know, and doing a fantastic job of them, and you know, uh, kudos to him because he uses me as a graphic designer for a good portion of his covers. And that, certainly, that, certainly, that certainly pays for uh, pays for a number of uh, uh, my Trading Press projects. You know, it certainly helps. Couch that he that couch the couch. Mm-hmm. I slid on the couch thing. Oh, you did! Hey, come here, come here real quick. Oh, oh there he goes. 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 There to the teeming masses screaming, when is it coming out? When are we getting it? Yeah, yeah, I don't get that so much right Aren't now. Aren't you anyway? Basically. Um, well, you know, I basically say when it's coming out, and that's when you're getting it. Canadian it. work ethic. Uh, you know, it's like uh, I've, I've, yet to, I've yet to fail on a deadline. If I say it's coming out, then that's when it's coming out. Um, yeah, again, yeah, as you know, as you say, work ethic. It's like I made a promise. So it's going to happen, uh, you know. And I just do my level bit. Well, yeah, which you know, it's just I would just you know just make sure that it's a decent product when it hits. You know, it's something that people are going to enjoy and read and talk about. Yeah, which means a lot of sleepless nights. You know, a lot of go until dawn. Because you know, as I'm sure most people have figured out, Martian Migrant Press is a you know that's a that's a one one person operation for the most part. <laughs> you know. But I've been able to work with some amazing people, and that's been the that's been the best part of it. You know, just uh, making, making those connections, and reading some amazing stories. And, uh, you know, a lot of direct too. But you know, God bless them for sending it in. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, when do you get time to do that much reading other than uh, putting an anthology together? It's just uh, you know, it's like anything else. You just gotta. You gotta organize your time, so it's been you know, yeah. one or two stories a night for four months. 
take a break off, you know, take a break a couple a couple of nights a week, and you know, catch up on your sleep. But it's also one or two stories a night that no one has ever read before. That's true. Now, yeah. here's yeah. a do you the ones that you know right away that are going in the absolutely not file. Do you finish yeah. those stories? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, just, you know, and that's just my, my bloody-mindedness right? more than anything else. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's true what they say. You can tell when something's not going to work. You usually, usually tell within the first page. If not within the first page, then within the first two. Uh, and, you know, since I'm just a baby editor, it's really hard to speak to exactly what that, what that feeling is, what that you know, when it jumps out. I made the I made the decision this time around to uh, I thought I would try a short list mm -hmm. right, where something had some definite kick to it. You know, it's it spoke, and I wasn't quite sure. And I don't think I will do that again because I felt that it was, you know, eventually kind of cruel to the authors that were told you're on the short list where you haven't quite yet made a decision. You know, I thought, how would I feel about that? I'd be probably okay, but also it adds sort of an extra layer of disappointment when you get the message, you know, when you get the letter saying, close, but no, <laughs> but no cigar here. And also, you know, just wasn't you, quite like, good enough. Just what, yeah, there was, well, for instance, there was this amazing story. Uh, it was set in uh, feudal Japan. Mm. And it was so well crafted. It was beautiful. It was tone perfect. Like the tone, like in and of itself, the story was one of the best things I've read this year. And but it did not fit. The, it 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 approached the theme, but at the end of the day, it just basically. But at the end of the story, the whole thing just was essentially a uh, you know a cult investigator. Gets gets the better on a cultist, and their associated great old one. Even though it was, you know, it was it was set during this period and was a beautiful story, amazing story, but it didn't fit the theme of Cthulhu Safa, and I had to I had to write to this person because I had put her on the short list. It, embarrassingly, I had put her on the short list, and you know, with all the all the various because there's you know close on to thirty folders, you know, associated. You know, with the, with the, with any given project, especially with this one, there's so much going on in it. Uh, so I had put her in the folder for short list, but not going to go with. And because it was probably late at night, and I was punch drunk from reading too much, uh, I thought I had replied to her, Ooh. and I had not. <laughs> Which for me was just a, you know, that's that's not even a faux pas. That's that's faux pas plus. It was just devastating to me when she wrote, you know, not too long ago, actually, saying, oh, I saw that the, uh, I saw that the table of contents has been announced, you know, what's going on with that? You know, is that the full table of contents? Am I in or am I not? And I was like, I am so sorry to have to tell you this, but you fell through, uh, you know, uh, a crack in my stupidity. Uh, no. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't use it. It's an amazing story. I can't use it. And I've also, you know, I've, 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 I'm, I'm in error here. You know, it's, uh, yeah. 
Oh, I feel I feel I'm so I'm getting red just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was not it was not it's not fun for anyone. So I no. don't think I'll do shortlist again for a number of reasons. You know, the strategic reasons as well as just you know it's extra time and extra. You know, if it's not. Then if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah. Then why? Then why be? Why be laboring? Why? Right. Uh, so I'm learning these lessons. Well, as a, as, a, as a new editor, having having read Resonator. Thank you. Um, <laughs> not not a problem. You definitely, unlike a lot of anthologies that I've read, you stick to the theme really well. Yeah. Which is great. Because. Yes. Plenty of anthologies where they, it looks like they're just either looking for a filler because it wasn't a strong enough theme, or they want to get one of their favorite authors in there who kind of sort of fits the theme in a roundabout way. Right. Kind of glances, glances, glances off the surface of it. Right, and that, that kind of takes away from it, I think. Yeah, if you're going to have a themed anthology like that, why wouldn't you stick to that theme? Yeah, this is why I think you know the you know the year's best horrors and the various you know with or unthemed anthologies where it's just you know this is the weird, this is horror, this is right. You know those are actually probably a little more maybe easier to put together, but also maybe a little more satisfying because there, there will be something for everybody. That's the thing with the boutique nature of Martian Migrant Press and these anthologies. It's like you know, as you say, I stick to it, uh, which can make a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a thorny process. You know, at least in the creation of it. But mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, you know, I, the, I still recommend it. Cool. Yeah. And, and all three of us are looking forward to. And to not just one. not just because two of my friends have stories in there. <laughs> Who, who's, yeah. who's, who's the other? I, 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 I know one's Lehman. Who's the other guy? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Lehman's that's, story. That's Lehman's awesome. story and Resonator was was a surprise. Was a surprise for me. You know, I, I when he sent when, when he sent it in and I was reading it's just it's got such a wonderful uh, it's just got such a wonderful pulpy energy to it. It's it's almost. You know, his narrator has this uh, sort of creepy casual about him. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's I wasn't seeing a lot of the story. His narrator is a sensitive subject around the, the, the Kessler house because PH thinks that's a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like every salesman that came into the office trying to sell you pictures or yeah. flowers exactly. or... Yeah. It's just exactly. like so smart. Magazine subscriptions. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I actually read that story in PH's voice. I did too. I did too. <laughs> which 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 goes to tell you, you know, something about Lehman and and his ability to characterize things. Yeah, absolutely. No, it it comes through. It comes through for sure. The man's an artist. The man's an artist. <laughs> well, Cthulhu's app is going to be different from, from Resonator. It's, it's definitely different in tone. It's, uh, 
which is not to say that you know it's not all dry tales of enlightenment. There's you know there's definitely horror in there. Uh, there's there's some you know there might there might be one or two you know moments of actual gross out. Uh, you know, as with Resonator, there's one story which is you know, uh, f fairly sexual in, in context uh, and in execution. <laughs> It's by Gord, it's by Gord, Gord, Gord Seller is the uh, author's name. He's had uh, he's had a couple of stories out. I, I think I actually shared a TOC with him. Kafiri uh, Fatabi uh, from Word for it, and uh, so when he sent that in, I, it was quite the thing. It's called Hyros Gamos, and it's about a uh, it's about a uh, uh, basically an antiquities researcher who heads over to Greece to uh, as he's figured out the. Uh, the location of the uh, mysteries of Eleusis. Am I saying that right? Eleusis. Yeah, the Eleusinian mysteries. The, right. Yeah, and uh, just a, a devastating, gorgeous, gorgeous tale. It's just really something to read. Mm, looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, there's your teaser, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. here's, here's me. Here's me being Zack Snyder. You're going to like this book. <laughs> this book is too big to fail. There we go. It's the Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Batman. No. Please no. No. I was I was actually having one of my little uh, racked with self doubt conversations with uh, with, a, with one of my mentors the other day. And, and, you know, I was basically like, I'm too small. This is too small to fail. You know. <laughs> Really, uh, he sort of he sort of disabused me of that notion. But yeah, you know, it's like it's there's something to be said for keeping it, uh, you know, keeping it within very tight boundaries. Yeah, and, and you know, it's always it's always the little the 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 little ones that fly under the radar sometimes that yeah. that are the gems. Yeah, and, so. and not the, the huge you know thing that everybody's talking about. But you know, yeah. hey. Hey, there's this other book that got put out too, man. This is really good. Well, the, the 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 ones that are kind of under the radar are the ones that I'd rather read. The one the big the big ones that everybody's talking about. I kind of feel like, oh, I'll get to that because mm -hmm. it, it's all that's just always going to be there, right? But the little ones are the ones that oh, I might miss this. Got to get it now and, and and read it. Yeah, yeah. I can see that for sure. Well, and, and, and the and the big ones are also, you know, they have the usual suspects. Uh, that, that's also true. syndrome. The stable, uh, the bothers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. In terms of in terms of names and names and uh, Cthulhu Sapphire, we have we have Ruthanna Amrest, but she's relatively fresh on the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, there are lots of. I wouldn't say lots, but there's, you know, out of the 15 stories, I believe eight, seven or eight, I'll have to double, don't quote me. Um, You're the one being recorded yeah, saying. Yeah, I know, I mean, it's, it's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so you uh, yourself. That, that they're basically first-time authors, like first-time published. Uh, they're just folks who, folks who just came out of the woodwork and, and hit it. They got yeah. it. And you got it. Whereas a lot, where I had I had submissions from folks who've been around forever, you know, <laughs> and, and produced amazing work. It's mm -hmm. like nope, didn't get it. 
So, you know, I don't think I can ever be, uh, I can never accuse myself of, like, going for the, you know, going for the name recognition, <laughs> name recognition in, yeah. in my books. Exactly, exactly. I you mean, know, you know, go ahead, go ahead. There's something to be said for name recognition. Obviously, that's going to help move move a product, but that's that's not my goal. Mm-hmm. You know, my goal is to basically, you know, with these anthologies, is just you know, create a little, you know, a, a little jam of the theme, right? Right. And I and I, and I I never got to thank you because Resonator, you gave me that was my first. That's what you were. You were first. That's right. And. That's right. And you've also been responsible for my downfall because you published my first story oh. in an anthology based on my favorite Lovecraft story. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What have I done? So, so you, you you started and ended my career as a writer with one book. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you're not going to do anything else? Are you serious? No, no. I'm I'm just playing. Okay. Good. The resonator guy now, Robin. <laughs> it, it is just funny that you know that 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 was it was a lucky break and it was like right there it's like okay well what else can I do what do I do now? <laughs> so well, didn't you submit something for Cthulhu Sapphire? I, I, I did. Yeah. I did. It was. Uh, <laughs> Me too. It was. Well, that's right. Jim was there. And yep. uh, I did. Yeah, Steve did. Steve did. Steve wrote a sentence in my story. We just didn't give him credit for it. No, I'm kidding. Gotcha. <laughs> um, actually, now that you brought that up, I did put that up on that story up on my blog because it didn't make it into the book. Cool. And uh, if you want to go to daringdefenders.wordpress.com, it's the last thing I posted. It's called Thus I Have Heard. If yeah. you read that story, you like that story. I have read that story. That didn't make it into the book. So imagine how awesome... Cthulhu Sat was going to be. <laughs> there you go. That's a great way to think of it. Kim, what was your story? Uh, to it, was called, it was called You Are Expected. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right, right. It's all good, though. Yeah, now you got to share that story with us, Kim. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. We didn't even know you wrote it until you yeah. just said it. Yeah. It was, it's, um, it's a story that's done all in... Uh, narrative from one person's point of view, ah. and it's from this uh, little old lady who, uh, well, you can have to read it. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have actually gone way over in time. Have we? we having, yeah, we we've been on for an hour. Normally, this oh is gosh. thirty minutes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So it was uh, it was great talking with you. I uh, just want to tell everybody that's uh, watching now and, and will be listening in the future, uh, all the links to uh, Martian Migraine will be in the show notes, uh, including the YouTube video for the Table of Contents announcement for Cthulhu Sadva, because, you know, your knees cannot have taken that punishment for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, did so, take a, they did take a certain degree of punishment, it's true. Yeah. I, I, I think you're well, still... I think your stool was too high. Yes, quite possibly. Yeah. Well, um, I don't often sit in meditation, so I needed something. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everything will be in the show notes. Uh, one more time, what's the release date on Cthulhu Sotwa? It will be uh, Monday, May 23rd. 
May 23rd. That's a Monday. May 23rd, yeah. All right. I'm told so, we're supposed to release cool. these things on Tuesday, but I, well, it's too late. I've already, I've already decided, so. Can't, Who cares? I can't shift it. I can't are, shift it. Are you doing the same thing that you do with Resonator? Pre-orders will get a digital yep. copy as well? Yeah, pre-orders uh, will get, uh, I did, what, like two copies? No, pre-orders no, will get a, 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 oh, digital. a digital copy. I thought you said additional. Uh, yeah, a di- dig- a digital copy in whatever format you like. Uh, and as well, we're still working out the details of the contest, but uh, there will be, as with Resonator, there will be the chance to win uh, uh, signed prints of uh, cover art by Alex Brandwin, which is that nice. wonderful uh, the West. I've seen the cover. Yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, posting the cover up uh, either today, later today, or tomorrow because uh, nice. it's finished. It's it's the, the cover is finished now. It's ready to go, and uh, we're going to have uh, yeah, you'll be able to win the, uh, a package basically. Uh, there there'll be a couple of prize packages. There'll be the book, the digital book, uh, signed prints. Uh, we're going to do a we're gonna do a T-shirt too. So. Sometimes. <laughs> t-shirt. Yeah. I'll so, so, yeah, uh, once again, all those links will be in the description of the video and the show notes for the podcast. Um, thanks for coming out, Scott. We had a Thank great time. That's a hoot. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, and we will be back next week. And I believe next week is Flash Appreciation Day. Celebrating (laughs) celebrating one year of microphones of madness. Fantastic, guys. And uh, and Monday night, Steve, you're the you're the head of the gaming arm. Monday night we'll be starting league play. Yeah, the league play for Chaosium's a time to harvest. So we will be joining the rest of the world um, with this scenario and Nick. From Chaosium, we'll be game mastering that. Nice. Great. So you know it's going to be done right. That's right. That's right. So, I would be that, a German exchange student. Microphones of Madden. Talks like Matthew, but it's going to have a lot of more gaming related <laughs> content. Please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com. So, until next time. Say Menemina. Menemina. Fuck you, Rodney. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.